Uh, I have to say things are really bad. Um, I fell off the wagon. I fell off. I am not treating my wife like a one-year-old. I, every time I slip up and I try to hold my wife accountable, it backfires. It backfires every time without fail. Uh, all right, first a recap. Treating my wife like a one-year-old, it is a marital strategy that I am buying into. It's one that I've created. It's one that could be 100% wrong, but it's one that I've found extremely effective. A one-year-old does not understand accountability or ownership. If a one-year-old sees you leaving their room with their toy, the one-year-old will say, get off. You stole my toy. You took my toy. Or the one-year-old may say, my toy, in that voice that lets you know they feel that they have had something taken from them. And you're going to you're going to quickly reassure the one-year-old, no, 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 I'm not taking your toy. This is your toy. Um, yeah, the one-year-old peed in the bed last night and their toy got peed on and you need to throw it in the washing machine and the one-year-old's just seeing you hold it, and that's the, the only thing the one-year-old understands is possession, and you are possessing my toy, you're taking my toy, you took my toy. And you, as the adult, you understand that the one-year-old is looking at you like, oh my gosh, can I not trust you? Are you stealing from me? And you have to reassure the one-year-old and you have to fix things. You're not going to explain to the one-year-old that, no, you peed in the bed, remember? We've gotta clean him up. You're going to do that with a two-year-old because a two-year-old will have lived enough life to understand and remember what their actions, maybe intentionally or not, like peeing in the bed, their action was quote-unquote dirty and now things need to be made clean. A two-year-old can understand that, but a one-year-old won't. Two-year-old, you'll say, hey, remember, you remember you had an accident last night? And it looks like a little bit of your accident got on Jake. Jake is the stuffed animal, if you didn't know. A little bit of your accident got on Jake. And now we've got to give Jake a bath in the washing machine. The two-year-old will say, yeah, messy Jake. Let's give Jake a bath. The two-year-old is now buying into what you're selling because the two-year-old understands, oh yeah, I had to take a bath this morning because I peed on myself. Right, I remember. Oh yeah, you took my sheets off my bed, but we forgot to wash Jake. That's right, this is why all of this is happening. We'd better clean Jake up too. The two-year-old is able to sort of process, understand, and decipher the things that need to be done, and they understand the situation. But a one-year-old doesn't. You just need to pick up the one-year-old, and maybe you're gonna wash him. Like here, you put him in and let's do this. And the one-year-old is treated with aptly named kid gloves because they're a kid, they don't get it. And my mode for being married has been treat my wife like a one-year-old. And I was doing that. Everything that she did wrong, I didn't even mention it. Everything that she screwed up on, I didn't mention it. Like, here's what happened. And here's where I fucked up yesterday. My wife omitted information. 
my wife got my daughter um, and if you don't know from some of the past entries, my wife spends a lot of money on a lot of things a lot of the time. Amazon packages all the time, new t-shirts, more mugs, more ink pens, more. It doesn't matter. Whatever frivolous bullshit that someone doesn't need, my wife purchases it. A lot of women do that. Like the QVC purchasers, there's a lot of people that just waste money. They just do. You've got a crock pot, you've got a ninja air fryer, you've got a deep fryer, you've got several Breville fryers, but yet you watched a QVC infomercial and you feel like this fryer, this crock pot is going to be different than the other nine that I have. That's something that you're going to think. And you're going to buy that additional crock pot oven air fryer toaster oven with convection and eight other settings and other bullshit that's what you're going to do without fail are you that person that buys a lot of crock pots is that what you do so my wife is that person she buys a lot of crock pots and that's just what she does so she makes this purchase um i'm sorry i lost my train of thought um what she omitted yesterday um, she said, um, she was buying my daughter an iPhone, the most upgraded one, the iPhone 12 is what she wanted to get my daughter. And in the past I've purchased out of my own pocket, every iPhone, um, for me and my wife, I buy them two at a time and we upgrade every two years. So we have iPhone 10s now and usually the kids down inherit our phones and we upgrade so that's what usually happens but this this year my wife felt really good about things that my one of my kids were, were doing and she's like yeah let's get this kid a iphone and um i said okay well that's what you want to do and like i said because of all my wife's poor spending habits and the fact that she makes well into the six figures now um she doesn't need me to buy anything so i'm just not i'm just not buying things i, I was doing all of the spending because i thought i was spending because my wife and i didn't have any money so i was spending all the money that we earned even though it was my salary i looked at it as our money but as she my wife's salary continued to go up and up and up and up she started to just purchase whatever she wanted for her and she didn't have any regard or care her money i asked her one day i said you know i really feel like your money is your money and my money is our money. And she said, yeah. And I said, holy shit. I'm just going to say that again because maybe you didn't hear what I said, honey. I think that the way that you spend your money, it seems like you think that your money is your money and my money is our money. And she very quickly again said, no, I heard you and I understood. Yes, that's how I see it. I said, okay. Thank you. I was... I was sobered because since I didn't ask that question, since I was of the traditional old school mindset of go out and earn your money, bring it home to your woman and let her have at it. I just, I was so traditional, so antiquated in that perspective. And that's how I lived in my life. She definitely understood her money to be hers and mine to be ours 
And that made all the sense in the world based on how our marriage had gone up to that point. And we'd been married for over a decade, I'm sure, at that point. And uh, all of the frustration that I felt toward my wife, it all just went away that day. It didn't go away where I'm like, wow, I love her now. I so get it. I understood her differently. I understood marriage differently. I understood that we both had different perspectives and views on what marriage was supposed to be. And while I was not a proponent of super chivalrous stuff, like, yeah, do I like opening doors? Yes, but we are, we're in the 2000s and we're married. We both earn money. We should both be paying toward things. I kind of thought that since she didn't make a lot of money, she was she was of that same mindset, but we never really had the talk. And, and I just learning all that I've learned over the years, I just know that a lot of husbands and wives don't have these talks. They come in with expectations around very difficult subjects. And because the subject is so difficult, we never really talk about it. We never do. So I just, I get it now, which is why I really want a divorce and I really don't want to ever be married uh, again, because it's like, I've coached uh, um, a few different team sports. Um, Basketball is one of them. And it's really hard taking someone on your team that won't pass the ball. It's a very difficult thing taking someone that won't pass the ball because you kind of know as soon as they get it, no one's ever going to get it back. You're not going to get that ball back because they just don't pass. It's how they operate. Now, if you didn't know that and they're just a person on the team, you're going to yell at them, pass the ball. What's wrong with you? Give it up to a teammate. He's open. He's open. She's open. She's open. That's what you're going to have. But if you know that you really need, let's say, a score and they don't pass the ball and you know you're going to get Jake on your team, Jake's coming to the team and Jake doesn't pass the ball, you're going to maybe be okay with that because you understand Jake. You're not going to ask Jake to be something different. You're not going to ask Jake to be something that he's not. You're not going to ask Jake to be a ball passer because Jake's going to say, coach, you know what I am. You know who I am. You know, I don't pass the ball coach. Why are you expecting me to pass? And then you as a coach, you have to say, Jake is really self-aware. What the fuck is my problem wanting Jake to pass the ball? Holy crap. Now, it's different. Do you have a team where you've got a bunch of good scores and Jake passing the ball is actually going to be the best thing and this will be the best move for Jake maturing as a basketball player, learning how to both dominate the game by having the ball in his hand the whole time and dominating the game by distributing the ball at times, passing it. Jake might have this new way of being and that he has to learn to become. Jake might have that, but right now, no. You need to understand Jake for who Jake is. Jake needs to understand you for who he is. And so no one can be pissed off at anyone else. No one can be upset. No one can be caught off guard. And I was caught off guard and upset because I didn't have those conversations with my wife. I didn't know that she was going to be the person that took and kept the money. I didn't know she was going to be the person that thought her money was hers. Mine was ours. And she was free to do with her funds, which whatever she wanted to do. 
That's why we don't have a joint savings. That's why we have no joint savings accounts. That's why if there's a vacation to be paid for, we pay for it. However, we pay for it now because now it's going to be, oh, how much are you paying toward this? It's just I just look at her and I'm just like, how much are you paying? You're paying half. So this just trip is three grand. You're paying 15, right? And she's, oh, yeah, I, I guess so. Okay. Don't bring up fucking Bora Bora. Don't bring up fucking Fiji anymore because before I thought you were bringing up Bora Bora and Fiji because you wanted us to go to Bora Bora and Fiji. And we had the same joint goal of being together in Bora Bora and Fiji. But when you say you want to go to Bora Bora and Fiji, you just want me to pay for Bora Bora and Fiji while you enjoy Bora Bora and Fiji while I save up all year and like go without a few things, punt a new microphone purchase or camera purchase or something like that because I'm saving up for Bora Bora and the whole time you're ordering Amazon packages for new sweaters you don't need and other bullshit. It's sobering. So when after I've purchased I don't know how many iPhones over the years, my wife said she wanted to get that and then she she got the she got the phone for the kid and she takes the phone up to the kid and it came that day and she just gave it to the kid and she enjoyed that time where the kid was getting the phone. And like, it was a really, the kid is doing a lot around the house and the kid has been exemplary. And I wasn't able to enjoy that with the kid. And my wife's justification for that was, cause I said, did you just give it to the kid without me? We said that it was something we thought we she deserved. Like, how, how come you didn't include me? Well, I didn't think you wanted to be a part of it because you just said, well, hope you don't expect me to pay for this. I don't remember saying that, but I'm pretty sure I did say that. I hope you don't expect me to pay for this because I'm in my feelings about all the bullshit she's done over all the years as a horrible financial teammate. So I know that she's likely right that I lashed out like a little punk. That's what I did. That was not right on my part and I told her that because what ended up happening me lashing out like that like a little bitch that earned me missing out on seeing my kid get something that I was happy that they got it just it sucked it really sucked and I I bought that on myself so I definitely have some accountability I'm not a one year old and I can grasp the concept that I did some things that, that put me in a bad spot so I'm not a one-year-old and I, and I have ownership over what I have ownership over. And I'm like, man, that was, that was messed up. I shouldn't have done that, but we did talk at length and I'm like, you know, still, you know, it came and I'm like, Hey man, why did, why did you, I, I feel like you excluded me from that. Oh, you didn't, you didn't act like you wanted to be. And I guess, and I guess we're just different I, because I always double check and triple check. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm about to give the kid the phone. You know, did you want to be there when the kid got it? I always give her the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I would actually, you know. But it's like the same, the things that I give my wife, they're never afforded to me. And while I am fully accepting and owning my part in with my outburst and how it likely earned me missing out on that, her not asking, it mattered and me missing out on that, it mattered. And because it's a, it's not like this was the first non-down inherit of a phone. It was an overt gift. That is a gift from mom. And all the down inherits were things that they got from us. So it just, 
it just hurt because it was a manifestation of how I handle things versus how my wife handles things. And how my wife handled things, I responded in a way that was in poor taste that cost me something. And I just, the reason I don't wanna be married anymore is because I continue to go back to a statement that I've made a lot to myself, now making it in my diary and recording it. I can control how I react to my wife but the fact is you're doing shit that's making me react. And yeah, I can control keeping the genie in the bottle. I can control not lashing out or yelling or cursing you out or something crazy like that. But the fact is you do these things to me that make me have to, I have to manage it. I have to manage it. And that's, ah. That's the part that's so, that's so difficult because you're giving me things that I need to navigate like daily. You just, just keep doing it. And I just have to keep telling myself, don't react. And that's how we circle back to the one-year-old discussion. I treat my wife like a one-year-old. If every mistake that she makes, everything that she does in poor taste, every bit of non-sharing, every lie, every lie of omission, that she uses a lot to get out of things. I have to treat her like a one-year-old. A one-year-old does not know that what they're doing is they're lying. The one-year-old's holding a, a queen-size pillow behind their back. Of course, they can't hide it behind their back. And you're like, wait, did you take the pillow? And one-year-old's holding the pillow that you can see on both sides of them behind their back. No. Jake, did you take the pillow? No. No pillow. They're clearly lying to you, but they don't understand that this is a lie. So you've got to try to find a way, obviously, to get the one-year-old to get that they're lying and hopefully they fix it and stuff like that. It's just, it's it's a it's a tough thing with the one-year-old. So I don't, I don't know what you do necessarily, but the one-year-old is the one-year-old and it's just a really difficult thing and situation to constantly treat my wife like a one-year-old. Just... She fucks up. Don't tell her she fucked up. She did something and the ball is firmly in her court. Don't tell her. And I've also, things were going so well because I was praising my wife for absolutely nothing. She would, she would do shit. She'd do nothing. And I'm like, oh, great job, man, honey. Wow. Thanks for, thanks for coming home today. And, um, something that I said, I'm like, Hey, thanks for coming home today. And, um, checking the, checking the kids grades. I really appreciate that. She already agreed that she would do that shit. That is firmly in her court and she's supposed to do it. And earlier that day she was saying, I haven't been on this. I haven't been checking the kids' grades and, and I haven't, and I feel like I'm falling behind, right? Okay. She's falling behind because she's doing nothing but playing cooking fever on her phone. And it's like, it's bullshit. She's wasting her fucking time and that's what's happening. So she has no one to blame but herself. But I used to in the past say, hey, it's because you're wasting your time playing cooking fever. Would you quit? Or it's because you're wasting your time doing this. Could you stop? Like, hey, do you want to put it on your schedule? Do you want to make a calendar? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to? I would always say those things to her and she would just get mad and mad and mad because every at every turn, I was trying to get her to take extreme ownership and accountability for the state and condition of her life. And it just made things worse all the time. So now my pivot has been, hey, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, you checking their grades today, man, thank you so much. 
and it motivates her and she wants to do more. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. That is up to you. Fucking do it. You shouldn't need this. See, I, I shouldn't be a child like that. And I shouldn't get that upset. She didn't do it. She can't do it. But when I praise her and treat her like a one-year-old, give praise when none is necessary. Give kudos when they've done nothing to deserve it. Like the one-year-old. Just, hi, come here. How are you? Oh, look at you. I love your shirt. Is that a plane? The one-year-old's just getting showered with compliments and love and kudos and good jobs. And did you put on your pants? Did you? Wow. Oh, one le- you got one leg in. Just praise, praise, praise. And I've found that just doing that with my wife over and over again just makes her feel so good. It kills me, though. Because she makes a lot of mistakes and I have to maintain that level of enthusiasm for my wife when she doesn't do the things that she says or she's lamenting over the things she is not doing because of choices that she makes. It's like, I have to just always keep her up, keep her up, keep her up. But that's also gone in a bad direction because while I'm trying to keep her up, 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 and up, if she's stress eating, yeah, okay, I won't say anything about it. It's nothing good to say, but I have to find something good to say. She's stress eating, so, oh shit, let me find something good to say. Um, Oh, cool, I like, man, okay, you put, pink shirt with your pink shoes yeah coordinated today looking good she's fucking 55 or 60 pounds overweight she doesn't look good she doesn't she 100 does not look good but she's like okay yeah yeah but in this shirt you know it's my belly's hanging over my pants and i just got to get that under control isn't that funny she's the she's the beautiful thing that she wanted to climb onto all the time and you got married and she wanted to look her best and look her most sexiest on the wedding day. And now she's a starkly different version of herself. She's fucking 60 pounds overweight, lazy, sloppy, all those things. But yet you still need to praise her. She changed so much, but you still have to praise your wife and you still have to treat her like a one-year-old, even though she's done nothing to deserve it. It's a very difficult position to be in trying to be a good husband. Very, very difficult. I do not want to be married to my wife because I do not want to marry, manage feelings like I've had to. It's exhausting and it's thankless. Wow, that was the Divorce Diaries podcast. The Daily Saga will continue tomorrow. The full season's episodes are on Patreon now. Subscribe for early access. Click the Patreon link in the description. Hopefully, these entries help our anonymous recorder as a form of his own personal therapy. That's his hope and his intention. Will these recordings of life's curveballs lead this family to the best resolution in the end? We'll keep listening. New episodes are released daily on all podcast players, but all episodes are available on Patreon at Divorce Diaries Podcast Patreon page. Until next time.